Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands 103. Just great radio. Good morning and a very warm welcome to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And today, folks, we have quite a lineup taking place. We have Sunday dropping by with his Sunday reflection on Sunday. We have Father Fergo coming and speaking to us on St. Bridges, giving us a history of her and her ministry, and also the stories behind each of the three different types of crosses that are associated with St. Bridget. Of course, most of us only know of the one, but all of that to come as well. Later, Pastor Phil will be joining us, speaking on today's lectionary scripture taken from Mark's Gospel, and added to that, Charlize will be reading to us our lectionary psalm today, which is Psalm 147. Now the hymns, and they are old hymns today, the hymns that we are having are all hymns taken from the Methodist hymn book, Hymns and Psalms. And if you look at the back of the music book, it goes and gives a list of hymns that are associated with different readings. And so with Psalm 147, these are the hymns that are in the back of the book associated with it. So all of our hymns today revolve around Psalm 147. So, with all of that said, we wish you a very warm welcome and we're delighted that you could be with us. And we look forward to spending this hour together listening to beautiful hymns, listening to the scripture, because again, Suchi is back with us as we continue our journey through the New Testament on our 260-day adventure. And today we find ourselves on the first chapter of Mark. We have made our way through the 28 chapters that are in Matthew's Gospel, and now we are beginning on Mark's Gospel. Can you believe it? We've one book behind us already. And folks, if you're wondering what it is that I'm talking about, well, we invite you to come and join us in this 260-day challenge. And though you are nearly a month late, that's okay. But you could join with us from today, beginning with Mark 1, reading one chapter of the New Testament each day as we journey from the start of Matthew to the end of Revelation. So, I would encourage you to come join with us on that journey if you are not doing something like it already. Have you been someone who's actually gone and read the New Testament from start to finish? Is it something that you've never done? How can you then go and claim that you know it if you've never read it, as the fellow goes and says? So, all of that to look forward to, and praise God, it is a wonderful time to be able to sit back and to relax and listen to the praises of God, the Word of God, and also people's thoughts and reflections on it. So let us begin with a good Charles Wesley hymn. Where shall my soul begin? How shall I all to heaven aspire? A slave redeemed from death and sin, a brand plucked from eternal fire. How shall I equal triumphs raise or sing my great Redeemer's praise? This is a hymn that Charles Wesley was supposed to have written upon his conversion in May 1738. You will know that this is an old recording because if you listen closely, you'll hear the crackle of the vinyl as the needle turns through the singing of this. What a wonderful hymn as we continue to focus on the words. And shall I slight my father's love or basely fear his gifts to own, unmindful of his 
favours prove? Shall I, the hallowed cross to shun, refuse his righteousness to impart by hiding it within my heart? Here is Where Shall My Wandering Soul Begin? We're reading from Psalms 147. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise Him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. The Lord sustains the humble but casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. He covers the sky with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain and makes grass grow on the hills. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Extol the Lord, Jerusalem. Praise your God, Zion. He strengthens the bars of your gates, and he blesses your people within you. He grants peace to your borders and satisfies you with the finest of wheat. He sends his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He spreads the snow like wool and scatters the frost like ashes. He hurls down his hail like pebbles. Who can withstand his icy blast? He sends his word and melts them. He stirs up his breezes and the waters flow. He has revealed his word to Jacob, his laws and decrees to Israel. He has done this for no other nation. They do not know his laws. Praise the Lord. Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And now it's time to hand over to Sunday for his reflection on Sunday. Hello, brothers and sisters. Now it's time for our Sunday reflection with Sunday. John chapter 13, verse 12 to 15. So when he had watched their feet, taking his garments, and sat down again. He said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Amen. Feet washing was common gesture in the Orient at that time to welcome visitors. It was often performed by slaves. The fact that Jesus himself washed the feet of his disciples showed his incomparable humility. This is certainly the reason why over the centuries 
many artists and depicted the feet washing scene, but Jesus' action is not to be understood primarily as a lesson in humility. As important as this fashion is in itself, Jesus introduces himself here as Lord and teacher. He thus speaks with authority and commitment, obliging his disciples to wash one another's feet. Remember that Jesus was about to return to heaven. His own will remain behind in the world, but his ministry of washing feet will continue in a figurative sense. The glorified Lord speaks into our lives through his word, calling our attention to our sins and transgressions, and not to our words only, but here especially to those of our fellow believers. He therefore reminds us to our mutual responsibility. Whoever sees that one of his fellow believers has become soiled through sin and the person in question does not recognize it, is to restore him in humility with a word from the Bible. It is a ministry of love because the happiness and joy of the other is at stake. It is about helping him to recover his joy in and with the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. February 1st, the feast day of St. Bridget of Ireland, patroness. St. Bridget, 453 to 525, was from Foggart, Norton Dundalk, County Loud. She is known as Mary of the Gwail. She was the daughter of a pagan Scottish king and a Christian mother who had been baptised by St. Patrick. St. Bridget was born into slavery when her father, Dovetok, discovered that his wife, Broca, Bridget's mother, was pregnant, and so she was sold to a Druid landowner. As a child, Bridget gave away milk from her father's dairy farm to the poor, as much as she could, against her father's will. When young, Bridget heard St. Patrick preach, and just as St. Patrick preached the Trinity with a shamrock, St. Bridget later preached God's eternal, crucified and redemptive love with a cross made from rushes from the bog. A tradition is that St. Bridget's Day cross, blessed by a priest with holy water in your home, will protect your home against fire. St. Bridget was a very beautiful lady who refused many good offers of marriage. St. Patrick witnessed her final vows upon entering the convent. Bridget was 20 when, with seven other young girls, she dedicated her life to God and became a nun. She received her veil from St. Manico, and they settled for a time at the foot of Cron Hill in the Bog of Allen, County Offaly. St. Bridget founded a monastery called the Church of the Oak at Kildare as an art school. She founded many convents around Ireland and became the abbess of the first convent in Ireland. St. Bridget went to the King of Leinster to ask for land to build a convent, but he refused. St. Bridget prayed to God to ask him to soften the king's heart. She then asked the king, will you give me as much land as my cloak will cover? The king agreed, and St. Bridget's cloak spread in all directions, taking in many acres of land. The king realized that St. Bridget was blessed by God, 
and St. Bridget's Miracle of the Cloak was one of many miracles that she worked. Alongside St. Patrick's and Columba, St. Bridget is considered a patron saint of Ireland. Her life was colourful, with miracles particularly associated with her ability to manifest food, change water to milk or supply beer at the Paschal time of Holy Week and the gallop towards Easter. St. Bridget's Monastery was a very famous school of scholarship and art for making illustrated manuscripts. St. Bridget began uh, her monastic journey in 473 and continued on throughout her life, giving over 50 years of service to the Lord as a consecrated nun. Her spirituality, charity and compassion were legendary, and she had a great heart for people who were distressed. St. Bridget is the painter saint of the house, women, blacksmiths, infants, boatsmen, brewers, cattle, chicken farmers, and children of the married and abusive parents, in light of her background, dairy workers, Florida, Ireland, mariners, midwives, nuns, poets, the poor, printing press, sailors, scholars, travellers, homemakers. She was a staunch advocate for women, wives, and for mothers. St. Bridget once said, it is a virtue and a prize to listen patiently to and to put up with insults for the sake of God. A prayer attributed to St. Bridget is this, as for us all today, the courage to do God's bidding. Whatever the world may say, the grace to be strong and valiant, the grace to be firm and true, the grace to always be faithful to God, God's mother, and you. Amen. May St. Bridget bless your home, bless your heart, and bless your future, and bless your family. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. So there's three types of St. Bridget crosses. The traditional cross one, the one that we made as kids in primary school, that is so to prevent your home from going on fire. The next one is the fisherman's cross, which has the air holes in it, which is made by getting 15 rushes and tying them up at either ends and interweaving three under, three over, three under, three over, and then tying up the other loose ends into, uh, into the shape of a cross. That is to help keep fishermen safe at sea. Then the last one, the triangular one, is a version of the of the traditional cross, but only has three arms extending out. It's often nicknamed uh, St. Bridget's Shamrock, to remind us of the love of the Holy Trinity. But this is to give consolation to farmers that they will have uh, safe crops and cattle. And traditionally, the three-armed one was placed on outside the, the head of the household on the 31st of January, just the night before St. Bridget's Day, where the, the animals would be in shelter. Of course, in St. Bridget's Day, people often live with the animals in shared accommodation in a barn-like setting. So there's some information about St. Bridget there for you, and maybe imitate her love and empathy for people in hardship. Maybe imitate St. Bridget's example to be faithful to God in all things. Amen. Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands 103. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. Folks, and my thanks to Father Fergal for sharing those insights into St. Bridget, her life and her ministry, and also about the three crosses. I have to say that was news to me, and also the way, of course, that they are used. Very interesting stuff to know. Now we go and turn our attention to Mark and chapter 1 as we continue, as I said, our journey through the New Testament, our 260-day challenge, of which we are now 29 days into, and we are going to listen to the reading of that in a moment. But before we do that, we are going to listen to an a cappella version of Psalm 147, which I hope you thoroughly enjoy, because I did indeed enjoy it. This is a Scottish psalmster version, a cappella singing, Psalm 147. Mark chapter 1. 
the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. And they were into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding regions of Galilee. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning, 
While it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. As Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. And he went out and began to talk freely about him and spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places and people were coming out to him from every quarter. Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands 103. Just great radio. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And before Pastor Phil comes and speaks to us on the lectionary gospel reading from Mark chapter 1, let's just delve into Psalm 147 for a moment. It begins with praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. Now why? Why is it pleasant and fitting to praise God? That is the question that should spring to our mind. Why is it that you would praise God? Well, ultimately the reason that we should be praising God is because of who God is. That is a thing, and more and more that reality is growing deeper and deeper in my life. So what are the things that are in this psalm? Well, there's many of things, but I would like to point out three. In verse 3, it goes and says, The Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. What a beautiful promise. But not only is it a promise, it is actually a reality that he is actually carrying out right now. So if you're someone and you found yourself to be in a position where you're broken hearted right now or wounded, look what it says. He heals the broken hearted and binds up their wounds. But not only that, the second verse is found in verse 6 and it says, The Lord sustains the humble but casts the wicked to the ground. The Lord sustains the humble. I love that picture of how the Lord sustains. When we look at the Old Testament story of Elijah when he goes to the widow of Zarephath and he asks her to bake him a small cake of bread and to bring him a drink, and she goes, well, look, we've only a little flour left and a little oil left. And when we've used that, we're going to die. And he goes and says, no, no, you do what you're going to do. But make me this little loaf of bread first. And your little jar of oil will never run out. And your flour will never run out. And for three years in the midst of famine, 
the Lord sustained them. Isn't it wonderful when you stop up and think about the sustained blessings of God? Where God blesses us continuously. Not over the top, not in a crazy way, just sustained, held, like a beautiful note on the piano, just held in suspension. And that's what God does for us. The Lord sustains the humble, but the wicked he casts to the ground. And the third verse I would like to point to is in verse 11. It says, the Lord delights in those who fear him who put their hope in his unfailing love. We live in a day and age where everything fails and falls apart. But there's one thing that doesn't, and that's the love of God for you and me. And what's so beautiful about that is the reality that God didn't actually have to do anything for you. As a holy God, as a just God, he did not have to do anything for you. But he chose to love you. Chose you to be his child. The Lord delights in those who fear him. Think about that. Think about how God delights in you. So often we have this idea that God is distant, that God is not involved, that God doesn't care. But that's not what this says. This says he delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Are you someone today and you know that God delights in you? Now with those few points in mind, let us listen to Pastor Phil as he shares to us from Mark and chapter 1. If you were to visit Capernaum today, there on the northern shores of the Lake of Galilee, you can't miss the sign which says, Town of Jesus. What a thrill to know that our Saviour actually walked there some 20 centuries ago. But today Capernaum lies in ruins. You can just about make out the remains of the foundation of the synagogue. And you recall the wonderful opportunity people there had when Jesus ministered among them. We read again from Mark's Gospel and chapter 1. Now as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick with a fever, and they told him about her at once. So he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately... The fever left her, and she served them. At evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he did many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he did not allow the demons to speak, because they knew him. In the morning, Having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. It had been a Sabbath there in Capernaum that no one would ever forget. The presence of Jesus among them, the dramatic interruption to the service, such teaching as they'd never heard before, 
Everyone was talking excitedly as they left the synagogue that Sabbath morning, emerging into the warm air and bright sunshine. But for Jesus, the day was far from finished. As we read, he healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law, and then in the evening, crowds of people gathered together, physically sick and spiritually oppressed. They wanted the touch of Jesus, and apparently no one was turned away. Many were healed and those demon-possessed were delivered. Now after a busy evening like that, Jesus, who was just as human as you or me, would have been justified in having a lie-in the next day. But no, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there he prayed. In spite of the fact that he was the Son of God, he still took time for regularly communion with the Father in heaven. What a challenge to you and to me. I mean, if he needed to pray, how much more do we? As Sidlow Baxter has rightly said, we all need that daily, unhurried time with the Lord. So let's make sure we take that time each and every day. A world-renowned musician once said, If I miss just one day of practicing, I notice the difference in my playing. If I miss two days of practice, my close friends and colleagues know the difference. If I miss three days of practice, the whole world knows the difference in my playing. Maybe we should think of prayer just like that. Don't miss it, even for a day. One last thought. The prayer life of Jesus still goes on. To this day, the writer to the Hebrew says, he ever lives to make intercession for us. What a thought. One man of God put it like this. If I could hear Jesus Christ in the next room praying for me, I would not fear a thousand enemies. And yet the distance makes no difference, for he is praying for me. So let's join together in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you that there is one at your right hand who ever lives to make intercession for us. We ask that we may be diligent in our times of prayer, and may we engage in an effective ministry of intercession for others. In his strong name, we pray. Amen. Amen. So folks, let's leave it there for this week. Thank you for joining me here on Heartlands and Midlands 103. And until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, show you grace, and turn his face towards you, and give you peace. Amen. Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands.